Hi there, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Folks, our desire is that we can incline the heart of our Sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit in power, reviving His Church here in West Michigan, but also in our state and our nation, and then leading to a great spiritual awakening all for His glory. But for that to happen, it's just critical that first we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to his instructions in humble obedience. We welcome today a good friend from Life Action Ministries, Byron Paulus. Well, it is my privilege and pleasure to introduce a man who's been a friend of mine for a number of years, somebody I'm very proud of. He's been involved in revival and awakening, a little bit more introduction on him in just a moment, but just want to welcome my forever brother and a friend, Byron Paulus. Welcome, Byron. Well, thank you, Randy. And colleague, I mean, we're in this together, and what <laughs> we a are. joy and delight that has been. That is. Let me give a little more introduction about who Byron is. Many of you people know him, but in case you don't, um, he's been involved with Life Action Ministries, which is located in the, uh, the Niles, Michigan area um, for a number of years. Uh, he was the CEO and president for 30 of those years. He's, he's now kind of moved to a, an area where he he's does speaking, writing, strategic partnership, serves on the board of directors and the leadership team. There's very few things that uh, Byron has not done. Um, he's also, and again, one Life Action Ministries has under it One Cry, which I've had some connection with in the past. Also, an area called Life Action, which sends teams out to touch lives through individual churches around the country, and uh, Revive Our Hearts. Nancy Lee Wagamuth um, uh, runs that uh, division. So they they hit many many lives in many directions. Um, he is the founder of the One Cry Movement, which is a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. And uh, his passion for all the time I've known you, Byron, is uh, for another great awakening, for God to move in power in our country. And we're going to be talking about that. He's married to a, a dear woman, Sue. They have three married children, 13 grandkids, and they do live in the Niles, Michigan area. So again, welcome, Byron. So glad you're with us. Well, it is a delight to be here. And you say 13 grandchildren. My mind races to how many grandchildren you have. Just, and we've got to begin. You've got to tell me how okay, many. Okay, okay, okay. Just 35, okay? Dozens, dozens. And 35, dozens. and we got a, a great grandkid on the way, if you can believe it. I'm not, I'm wow. not old enough for that, Byron. What, something's <laughs> wrong here. <laughs> well, you know better than I. My two favorite lights, since I have all these grandchildren, are the yeah. headlights and the taillights. Yeah, I get it. I totally get what you're saying. Now, some people that are listening won't understand what you just said, but... <laughs> It's fun anyway. to see them come, and it's kind of fun yeah, to have the, the quiet house for a while after they leave. So anyhow, you're absolutely right. Oh, that's so good. Well, thank you for being with us, my friend. And we do want to talk about revival. It's something that we've been praying about earnestly. You know, I've been involved in government, as you well know, and, and uh, you know, been around for a few years. And just to see where our nation is going, it's just, oh, and we know that, you know, God has a a role for government to play. God has a role for education and all these other sorts of things. But the real change has to start with the salt and the light. That's us. Don't you think yeah. so? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, scripture tells it explicitly and clearly revive us again that thy people mm. might rejoice in thee, revive thy work yeah. in the midst of the years. And and that verse we all know, if my people who are yeah. called by my name. So you're right there, Randy. We often look to the mm. lost world, those who don't know Christ are not a believers are not my people and we say why don't you change and all come on come on yeah and god's looking down and saying no it's my people that's right i'm looking to to determine whether or not Mm -hmm. i'm going to have another divine visitation from heaven yeah you you can't expect non-christians to behave like christians but you should expect those who are followers of christ who are surrendered to christ want to be filled with his spirit to behave like christians and yet so many in the church, unfortunately, and, and again, I can look in a mirror and, and say, I, I can be there too. We, we live yeah. for ourselves, our own protection, our own comfort and everything else. And it's yeah. time for us to be all in. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of what we talk about on this podcast. You know, government has its role, but government is a lagging indicator of where the culture is. Right. And the culture is a lagging indicator, I would suggest, of the health of the church. Got a lot of Christians in America, but we haven't been very salty, haven't really had a lot of an impact. And, and that needs to change. But I think before we're going to have the revival is, is, is my sense. I don't know where you're coming from on that, but yeah. I assume it's similar. Right? Yeah, I, it surely is. And, and you know, you kind of outlined it. I, I see a little more linear than some, and I'm a, a pretty okay. linear guy. But yeah. I, I do believe in biblical terms, there is yeah. revival is for God's people. Spiritual right. awakening is for the lost. Yes. And then cultural transformation takes place. Yes. And so we expect cultural transformation through all the other influence centers when all the time God is saying, hey, yeah. I can influence the culture. It can change. It can shift. But yeah. not until my people repent, yeah. not until yeah. my people get honest, open, transparent, mm-hmm. humble, and turn to me then I can turn that. That's what it says. I think back in Psalm uh, 85 or Psalm uh, 80, turn us again, O God, unto thee and cause your face to shine upon us. We're expecting God's face to shine upon us without turning. And that does not happen. That's, 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 that's well said. Now, again, you, you keep your, 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 your fingers kind of on the pulse of what's happening. You know, I've interviewed Dave Butts and, and other people and the, the, the strong, indication is that there is an increasing amount of prayer going on in America for revival of the church leading to awakening. Is that your impression as well? Yeah, I think there's no doubt, at least in my uh, uh, 50 years almost of ministry, Randy, there's there's more movements and concerted efforts of prayer uh, yeah. than I recollect. Uh-huh. And uh, I think that is always a precursor. Is that Matthew Henry who says, uh, when I'm about to extend great mercy upon my people, I first set them to pray. Yeah. And so uh, those movements are not just uh, something to take lightly. Mm-hmm. Those movements of prayer, mm-hmm. and not just numerically, uh, but in the sense of God's power and hand and, and raising them up, are indicators, I believe, God's about to extend great mercy. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
Yeah. Uh, A.W. Tozer, I think if I remember right, he's been one of your favorites. He's certainly yes. been one of my yes. favorites. Yes. Uh, his one striking statement that he made that can hasn't escaped my heart in 30 years. Mm-hmm. And he says this, revival will come when even prayer is no longer used as a substitute mm. for obedience. Wow. Isn't that and something? I, so I think, yes, prayer, but prayer without obedience is not going to bring revival. Yeah. You know, you, you, you with your organization, can recount some situations where, again, you may have had a church praying, but they needed to repent. I'm thinking of a church in Indiana number of years ago. Were you part of that uh, that, that's spoken about by Del Faisenfeld, uh, that he went to that church? Can can you recount that story? That's an amazing story. Yeah. So, Randy, I'm so grateful you brought up that movement of God in in Indiana. It was actually Connersville, Indiana. And and I I think it's critical because for me personally, when you see the fire, the smoke is on your clothes forever. And I had joined Life Action in 1975, and I was going to stay for one year. Then I was going to go back into the business world, make a bunch of money, retire by the time I'm 40. But I saw the fire there in Connersville, Indiana, that you referenced. And so personally, that has a, a huge impact and influence and in why I've stayed in a revival ministry for 46 years, because I say, Lord, do it one more time. If Amen. I could just see it one more time. So I was there. And what had transpired is we had a team of about 25 individuals went into this church that sat about 1,600 people, but only 800 were there. And we sensed three days into that time that they had set aside to seek the Lord, that God was not free to move. Something was holding back a supernatural power and presence of God that we were praying for, as you just described and longed for. And so we got the pastor and we just said, hey, something's up. God's not free to work. What do you think it is? And he said, well, you know, about two years ago, there was a vicious split in this church, and there's 800 people across town and another church that uh, originated out of that split. And uh, we just said, well, if it was that vicious, then let's go talk to that pastor and staff. We hopped in our cars, went over to this daughter church, if you will, sure. got with that pastor, and we said, pastor, uh, we just sense across town here that God's not free to move. And the pastor of that that home church said, well, he wasn't here two years ago, but he heard about this split. He said, well, I wasn't here two years ago at this church. And I know that split. And in fact, he said, get this. He said, we just finished a series of meetings this last Sunday. And I sensed God wasn't free to move in my church. So we both, all of us got on our knees, cried out to God and just said, God, what is it you would want? And there on literally, that was a Thursday, on Friday, that pastor, the daughter church, invited another one of our teams to begin a series of meetings that Sunday. So can you imagine coming to church on a Sunday morning, not knowing anything special was going to take place, and all these vehicles and team members, and the pastor stands up and said, look, I know we finished a series of meetings last Sunday, but God was not free to move. There is bitterness, there's hurt, there's contentious spirit, and we need to start all over again this Sunday morning. So they did. Now get this, by the end of the second week of that first church, that home church, that pastor stood up and said, you know, 
we need to not go on apart from the presence of God. Pastor, the daughter church stood up and said, we need to not go on apart from the presence of God until we reconcile, deal with our disobedience and the bitterness and the hurt. We're not going to see God move. So we're going to go tonight, the second Sunday night of that daughter church, the third Sunday night of the mother church, and we're going to unite our congregations wow. and we're going to seek forgiveness. And Randy, I'll never forget it. I was on the parking lot two hours before the service was to begin. People were coming, hugging each other, reconciling mm, with mm. each other. The place was packed. I mean, they came out of the woodwork for this service. And the pastor of the daughter church stood up and had his people stand up and say, look, we have wronged you, our mother church. Would you please forgive us for our bad attitudes, for our judgmental spirit, for our anger and comp comparative uh, or competition and competitive spirit and comparison? And then the pastor, and would you please, for, and in unison, the, the mother church said, you're forgiven. And then the pastor of the mother church stood up, did the same thing, asked forgiveness from the Thank congregation you. of the daughter church. And at that moment, and this is what I think is so, so important. At that moment, you sensed the manifest presence of God, the fire of God coming into that place. They took a picture of both the pastors and our revivalists together in the front of those congregations standing there, and they bought a full-page ad. And on Tuesday, that full-page ad came out in the newspaper, and here's what it said. We, the members of Calvary Baptist Church and Connorsville Baptist Temple, have wronged God. We've sinned against him. We've met together, sought his forgiveness, and we met together as a congregation, sought each other's forgiveness. And then in big, bold letters, big, bold letters, it says, will you please forgive us, cities of Connorsville? Wow. We've wronged Jesus Christ. We wronged you. And they listed their sins, pride, envy, jealousy, bitterness. And I'm telling you, in that small town, they all knew that existed. Sure. And when that full page ad came out, it was like the presence of God went from that church building to within the whole city limits of Connorsville, Indiana. There was a salesman driving from Dayton, Ohio, got to the city limit sign, fell under the conviction of God. He said he got out of his car along the side of the road and for 20 minutes repented of his sin, got back into his car, drove into Connorsville, stopped at a gas station, asked a lost gas station attendant, is there something going on in this city? And he says, don't you know, God is here. A president of a bank that attended no services, fell under the conviction of God, went out on the street and just said, can somebody please help me find God? This is an amazing story. Yeah. He came to Christ right then when somebody led him to the Lord. His whole household, little biblical here, whole family came to Christ. And wow. to this day, he's 80 some years old now, Randy. I just talked to him not long ago. Did you really? Literally, there are thousands of individuals that he has led to Christ. He's serving still part-time at 85 years old at a church in Florida. And he said, I'm going to give my final breath to believe God for what he experienced in Connorsville. So amazing? yes, I amazing. saw the fire fall. What if that were to happen today in yeah. city after city after city across yeah. our nation, but they humbled themselves. They were honest, yeah. became broken and repentant, yeah. 
experience the grace of God, yeah. and then the ex explosion of obedience and clearing yeah. of conscience and resolving yeah. conflict, and then they saw an outpouring of the yeah. Spirit of God. Isn't that something? I mean, that's because I worked with you at One Cry, I got to know the history of some of the awakenings in America. And, you know, I used to think before I knew the history, Byron, that, that basically America was essentially a Christian nation until about 1960, when things went a little bit weird with the Vietnam War and all that stuff, but not true at all. Mm. I mean, a number of times in the history of our country, you know, there, there was a, a major declension, you know, turning away from God. And then when the, when the awakenings would happen, that, that presence of God that you described there in Connersville. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember one of the revivals, don't remember which one, but ships were coming into Boston. Yeah, right. Yep. And, yep. and by the time they, the, the, the people on the ship reached the harbor, they were overwhelmed with the presence of God because awakening was happening. The, the manifest presence of God was there. Yeah, and yeah, Randy, I love that. that. I love that story of those ships because they had little what they called presenters. They were really just pastors, uh -huh. and these little boats that would they would send out within a one mile outside from the shore, which seemed to be where the conviction began to come. And they would just get on the boats and lead the whole ship to Christ. So I, I hear that, and I, I re, I'm glad you reminded me because I yeah. thought, what if, what if even on airplanes and they got into the airspace of the yeah. United States oh, of America, oh, or what if city limit signs, just like yeah. we told about all over the man, what an incredible thing. And God is still able to do that. And that's what I want your folks and listeners yeah. and viewers to know. God has not changed. That's right. What he did in that first great awakening, one sixth the population coming to Christ, what yeah. he did in all the awakenings, yeah. it, it could happen again. Here, here's, here's the most recent thing that's challenged and encouraged me, Randy. As you can tell, I get a little pumped on this stuff. I am too. <laughs> I, love, I, I, I love not only the I just love not only the fact that uh, uh, there is no hope apart from a revival, but there's no hope like revival. Amen. You know? And so uh, you lived, as I did, uh, through the horrendous days of the 60s. Yes. Uh, my uncle housed Martin Luther King Jr., so his son in Chicago there for six weeks, and his son was very active in the 68 mm. Democratic Convention with oh, all sure. the riots. And that's oh, when yeah. I graduated from high school. And yeah. so I was in the midst of all that, sure. that darkness. And, yeah. and so in 1966, I remember this so vividly, two years before well, I was a junior in high school, Time Magazine had on its cover, Is God Dead? Yeah. And the article just went on to say, hey, God's gone, man. He is dead. Five years later, on the same magazine cover of Time, it has a picture of Jesus with the Jesus Revolution. So in five years, Time magazine that seemed to be the voice for America back then, you know, mm -hmm. went yeah. from the fact that God isn't even alive to basically they named him the man of the year five years later. And I'm saying... God could do that again, you know. We oh. think of how dark it is, but Amen. How, Amen. Like, Amen. even the liberal media could recognize yeah, it. That's so good. And you know, the Canadian revival, we we've learned a little about that, you know, yeah. with, with Bill McLeod. And, and in fact, we got friends that live just about a mile from me here, a, a woman who her husband uh, now is with the Lord, but uh, 
Uh, he's a physician. They traveled the western part of Canada in the early 1970s. And they, wow. I mean, they saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she still, just like you said, you know, once you've experienced, you know, the yeah. fires of revival, you have the smell of smoke. She can't help but talk about that every time I talk with her. So uh, it, it's really amazing that God can do it. But, but Byron, we, let's get back down to what, if you could speak to every Christ follower in America right now. What would you tell them? What would you encourage them to, to do or stop doing or whatever? What, let's say you had that ability right now to do that. What would you want to say? Well, you know, I, uh, Leonard Ravenhill might have been the most prolific voice mm. and prophet, so to speak, of forthrightness of telling the truth and for revival in the last century there in the 80s and 90s and so forth. And you know, what he penned on his deathbed as his final prayer is something that I pray often, including this morning, before I get out of bed. Yeah. And I've been convicted recently that what he prayed for mm. himself is really what we all need. So it kind of went like this, Lord, engage my heart today with a passion that will not go away. Now wow. torch it with thy holy fire that nevermore shall earth's desire invade or quench the heaven-born power. He said, I would be trapped within thine holy will, thine every holy purpose to fulfill that every effort of my life shall bring rapturous praise to my eternal king. And then he says, I pledge from this day to the grave, to be thine own unquestioning slave. Wow. So contained within that prayer mm -hmm. is the whole idea of how distracted we yeah. are yeah. today. Yeah. And uh, I'm distracted from the priority that is needed for mm -hmm. God to move in revival. And frankly, one of my primary distractions is the news. It's yeah. current events. Sure. I can I can be drawn to that like a magnet. I just got to see what is who saying about what today. And God's convicted me. I need to be focused intently upon the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm. And the bad news, you know, it's it's going to be there tomorrow. It's going to be there the yeah, next day. You got it. And so uh, I think for the church, I think we've got to get alone with God. And to get rid of the distractions, even for an extended period of time, days, whatever, and just say, God, what is it in my life? Begin in my circle, in my life that you want to change. Where do, as we talked earlier, where do I need to obey so that the power of God can be unleashed? Yeah. You and know, the, so, last, the last line of what you quoted there. He talks about being a, a slave. What's that yeah. word in there? Yeah, yeah. You know, I was with a Bible study last night with another couple, Marcia and I, and uh, just seeing, you know, the introduction to the book of, of uh, Philippians. Yeah. Right. It says Paul and Timothy, you know, it says servants, but if you look, it's doulos, yeah. it's, it's yeah. bond servants, you know, yeah. it, it's. Yeah. That's, I mean, he could have said, look, I'm an apostle, you know, I'm a big shot, you know, I've, I'm, I've arrived. No, 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 don't go there. Yeah. We, we deserve yeah. hell. Yeah, that's right. Here, we American Christians say, well, wait a minute, I'm entitled to, you know, you know, respect and 
It, it could get worse, couldn't it, Byron? It, it, it's possible that we're going to have to go through what they've gone through in places like China and Afghanistan and Iran mm -hmm. so that the church becomes all, all, all in with Jesus. Yeah. And, and uh, then, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like persecution or trials, heavy trials are like a fork in the road, you know? Am I going to live for me and my comfort or am I going to say, God, whatever, it is, if, if I have to die today yeah. to promote your kingdom to the glory of God, I could, I'd rather not die today, you know, shooting straight. But if that is what is best from your standpoint, I'm in, let's yeah. go. And if we could get every Christian in America with that attitude, I think we're going to see some amazing stuff happen. And I think, Randy, you're so right. It could take persecution and before we have revival. I pray it doesn't, in my flesh at least. Yeah. But I think of how Jesus said it was the joy that was set before him. He endured uh, the cross. I love that. And uh, we, we think, well, man, if it's persecution, I'm going to be in pain. Well, is it possible? Well, really, if we bring our hearts to that place of willingness, like you just described, Maybe it's the joy that would come with that. Oh, that's that probably would be true. Greater than the suffering that would accompany it. So, uh, yeah, it very well could be. And historically, that certainly has been the case that uh, persecution often has been the precursor. Uh, but I think we can ask God to please, by your mercy, He. Uh, loves mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Amen. And so I do think Amen. that we have a God that would love to extend his mercy apart from judgment. I love it. I love it. Anything else you want to add? Otherwise, I'm going to ask you to close us in prayer. No, I'm just so grateful for every person, Randy, that uh, is following your podcast, not because it's Randy Heckman's podcast or One Cry has a podcast, not because of that, but just because of your mission and the message. Uh, and I know you were in government and I, I so respected that. And uh, I would end with this illustration to hopefully encourage people. And, and that is the two ministry leaders that were meeting in the White House uh, several administrations ago. And it was scheduled for 30 minutes, got extended to 45 minutes and then an hour. And, and uh, they were leaving the White House and they had just heard what uh, was happening from our president's perspective. Mm. And one turned to the other leader and just said, man, if we don't have revival, nothing else really matters. Wow. And then the other one so wisely replied. And he said, you know what else? If we do have revival, nothing else really matters. <laughs> and uh, I love that because there's no hope apart from it, but yeah. there's no hope like it. When God's glory comes, man, the fire comes. Do it, we will spend the rest of our lives saying, oh, God, we want yes. to see your glory Amen. one more time. And that is our prayer, that Amen. the glory of the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth yes. as the waters cover the sea. Amen. I would love to pray. Go for it. Lord, we pause for just a moment here. And we say we need you. Yes. God, there is nothing, all of us collectively, every ministry on the face of the earth is not enough. The only hope, but oh, what an amazing hope, is the divine intervention from heaven. Yeah. And we talked about it, God, early in this conversation. But oh, God, would your people, would your church realize 
that revival begins with us individually, yes. but then collectively. Yes. And God, it's it's the selfishness, it's the pride, it's the uh, bitterness, it's the anger, it's the hurt, it's the division in your church that is killing our nation and world. Yeah. But God, when your people come together as you cried out in John 17 and, mm. and unite and become all that you want us to become, then God, you choose to smile upon us and turn your face upon us mm. and turn away um, the enemy and the evil one and set us free, Lord, as your people mm. to serve you, to advance your kingdom and to see your glory. God, we cry out, Oh, God, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly, Lord Jesus, display your glory in our generation. And we pray this in the powerful, reviving name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Oh, Byron, that was so good. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.